Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Today's guest, Nicole Walters, literally lives the life that could be a movie script. I'm not kidding. I say this in the interview, but I'm like, your life is a Hallmark movie that I would sit down with a bowl of popcorn, watch and cry and smile and feel all of the emotions through. And... I honestly just think she's a wonderful human. I'm so happy to have met her. She is out in LA. She is the host of the Nicole Walters podcast, which is also on Dear Media. So we did a little swap. If my episode on her show has come out already, I'll link it in the show notes. But if not, just stay tuned on her episodes page and you'll see when my guest appears. But I just like she radiates joy. And I'm just so inspired by her as a human. Her story is truly wild. And I think we should all just strive to be as wonderful as her, quite honestly. She is a self-made power woman who became nationally known when she quit her decade-long job as an executive for a Fortune 500 company live online in front of 10,000 people. And we talk about it in the show. She's like, 10,000 people now sounds like nothing. But back then, that was a really freaking big deal. And she's done so much more. We get into it in the episode, her life, her career, all of it. I really just love her. And there are so many nuggets of wisdom in this episode that I think you all will leave with. So without further ado, here is Nicole. Nicole, I'm so excited to have you and like now make a new friend. I, I love know. doing swaps with yes. other hosts because mm-hmm. this is how I made another friend last time mm-hmm. I was out here. It's just so fun. Yes. And whenever you come to town, I'm like, oh, hit me up. It, it, that's, I'm literally I'm like, seeing all of my friends mm-hmm. from this exact experience mm-hmm. during my LA trip. So next yes. time around, we'll and I'm be here. And also, together. I'm always on auntie mode. So if you ever bring the little, yes. I'm like, I will literally come in studio and just sit and play with the baby. Perfect. I'll be like, yeah, I was like, it's cool. It's cool. It's just, you'll come back. I'm like, so he's covered in markers, but everything's fine. <laughs> it's okay. He was eating crayons last night, and like I have a video of us Top talking, and his mouth is open. And I was like, "There are crayons in your teeth," and I love that because it's like you know, mommy has a food blog, <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're legit sitting here eating crayons. And he just walks up to them and is constantly putting in his mouth. I'm like, toddlers are bad for brands. Literally bad for the brand. Oh my gosh! So I have speaking of kids, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions. Oh, all the things, all the things. Mm-hmm. You have shared, I mean, this is public knowledge, obviously, mm-hmm. but you adopted three children. I did. Eight years ago? Yeah, it's actually going to be close to 10 now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the story is pretty wild. It's it like is. a it's movie like, script. It, it, it's I mean, not actually, typical. we've had a TV show. I have a yeah. book deal, like, because it is that crazy of a story. And I love that we're talking about this because, like, I'm a mom and I've got these older kids and I've never gone through pregnancy and you've gone through pregnancy. So it's like, right. we really have like, I'm like, tell me all your things, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, tell me how to raise like, mm-hmm. a teenager. So can you give my listeners like the, I know it could be a very long version. Oh but, no, I've got it down to a science. Okay. That's been give 10 us, years. Give, yeah. <laughs> tell us what <laughs> happened because it is wild. It is pretty crazy. So, oh my gosh. I mean, just a short story. I was living in Baltimore with my husband. At the time I was 20 six going on 27 and we were driving down a Baltimore city street and we saw a woman panhandling and she was panhandling with a three-year-old girl just turned three tiny and I was like pull over pull over you know like let's it was late you know like Mm -hmm. kind of I always talk about that mom vibe where you're like I don't know what's going on you know Mm -hmm. so I'm like pull over I just kind of want to see what's going on and we started chatting them up and she was like yeah you know just need some money for food and I've got two more at home and all that and I was like well let's go get you some food so we did that then we took her back home and I met her other two girls so three eleven and fourteen so three girls 
and I just told them, you know, it sounds like things are tough, you know, and their housing situation was a little rough. And I said, I'll just, what do you guys need? And they said groceries. So I was like, I'll just come back, you know, with groceries. And I've always been into mentoring and like big brother, big sister. That's always been who I am. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm telling you. I mean, I'm like, I will parent your kids. Like literally, I'm like team, like it takes a Liam's village. going to be on the next flight. Oh, it I'm like, does I'm take all for it. So we're going to visit Auntie Nicole. I'm yeah. like, all right, I got snacks and crayons. You know, <laughs> it's like, and those are both. You know? Exactly. So, so yeah, long story short, you know, um, just really got into the girls' lives over the past couple, you know, over those couple weeks. And then their mother told us about a month in that she was going to be incarcerated for addiction issues. And so, you know, we knew that the state would probably come in or, you know, they'd end up going getting split up or you know it's just kind of crazy mm-hmm. so I said you know what I'll take all three you know and we'll keep them for the year that you're away and then we'll navigate kind of what comes next and it was kind of crazy I look back on it you know it was kind well, of especially the fact that you're 27 oh yeah I was like I don't but, think I knew that but it but makes sense know, obviously it's 10 years ago yeah, right but, but you don't know that then you know what I mean like you, you remember being in your 20s and thinking you like you're like, oh, I got a handle on everything. You have a handle on nothing. You nothing. know what I mean? Like, it's like in your in your early mid twenties, you're like, oh, I got this figured out. I know what I'm doing. No, you're a baby. A at that baby. Age. I really don't know anything. You know, but the confidence is what it gets me past. You know, like mm-hmm. all the moments because I think I know so much more. So it was like so. a naivete. It was a like, naivete, I know but in the right way though. You know, yeah. like it's the naivete that lets you take a risk in starting a business. It's mm-hmm. the naivete that lets you, you know, wear. Uggs with a mini skirt, you know what I mean, to the club. You know what I mean? It's the, yes. it's, the, it's what creates memories, you know? So I end up taking them in. And then obviously when their mom came out, it was kind of clear that they were in a more stable environment. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of began what I like to call like kind of a co-parenting relationship okay. where their mom was in their life kind of grandmother-like, you know, visiting sometimes weekends based on her stability and sobriety. And then, um, you know, long story short, after about five years, I adopted the girls and had full custody, but they stayed with me ever since that time. So now I am mom full time. I got all my babies. My 21 year old is in college. My 24 year old lives with me now in California, but works and all that stuff. And then um, my 11 year old is precocious and a headache and, you know, grown and delightful. So you are an amazing person. Oh, gosh, no, I'm quite average. Like you should have seen me trying to get into my Spanx this morning. (laughs) Like, like, I assure you, I'm quite mediocre in many ways. (laughs) So did you always know you wanted to be a mom? I guess is the first question. So you know what's funny? Once you get kids, you say to yourself, did I want this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Many times over. And I can tell you, I found a letter from 10th grade that I wrote where we the assignment was, who are you and how do you want to show up in the world? You know, those types of like yep. teacher assignments. And in it, I wrote like, I want to be known for doing good. I want to change the world. I want to make an impact. And I want to be a mom because I love kids. Who was that girl? I don't even know her. Brilliant. I mean, literally, like, on the world. I have run out of behavioral threats for my kids. I literally am like, just stand outside. <laughs> Like, I like you were trying to stand outside for a minute. Do you want to stand outside? Like, I've run out of things. Okay. These kids drive me. I love them. Like, I, I the would. The kids are tough. Oh, they are. I mean, but I would, you know, throw things if anyone, anyone tried anything with them. But, oh, my gosh, parenting. Three at one time. What was I thinking? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I think about, I had a really hard postpartum transition from mm-hmm not having a child to suddenly being a mom. Oh, yeah. Well, there's so many layers to it. It's like so the psychological, the physical, like, and you don't get a break from either one. So did you experience that on overdrive, given mm-hmm. that you went from zero to three and just the circumstances of the situation? Mm-hmm. So what's interesting was I didn't realize, and I don't think a lot of people talk about this, but even with adoption or any type of taking in of a child, you know, without carrying, you get a postpartum experience yep. without the physical symptoms. So mm-hmm. I don't ever want to minimize the additional weight of having the physical symptoms because I've never carried like yet. You know, hopefully I will mm-hmm. someday soon. But the shift in going from, you know, <laughs> I mentor to mom in 30 days, no, you totally. know. I mean, fathers can experience postpartum depression That's as well. Right. Obviously, it's there's tremendous. a physical aspect of a person who carried a child, but it doesn't change the fact that you're going from a I don't have kids to suddenly Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for not one, but three. Absolutely. And there was also the pseudo, you know, all the different steps of, well, okay, so am I like a big sister to them because they're calling me Miss Nicole? Am I... I'm not their mom. I want to really respect their mom. And I still do to this day. Like she's still in their life, you know, like I'm mom and she's mommy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of 
wanting to respect that relationship, but also recognizing I need to have the authority as a mom, you know, and they need to recognize and have the love that like, I'm not leaving and I'm not going anywhere. You are my babies, you know, like, and if pushing you out is a hundred percent, I love you 99.99, you know what I mean? So it's just wanting to create all of that, but also dealing with the depression and the fear of, you know, they're not officially mine. And is that okay? And I have to do a home study and like, you know, all these weird additional elements that I imagine I wouldn't have if I just carried because you know your babies are yours, you know, but there's also this, you know, you still have that mom feeling like I love my kids so, so much that sometimes I get scared to have kids because I'm like, if I had my DNA flowing through a human, like I would already destroy everything for the ones that I have. I cannot imagine. But I do think you would, I honestly think that love would be equal because I get what you're saying where there's that DNA component. Mm -hmm. But I was talking about this with a friend who's struggling with fertility and no matter how the baby ends up in your life, Mm -hmm. I do believe that it's it's that connection where you would do anything. Yeah, for them. the yeah. love is astonishing. Yeah, and I can't even quantify you it. Can't. I mean, like when I was telling uh, yesterday, we were while we were washing dishes, I was talking to my eleven year old, and it's eleven is such a fun age because they're still babies in so many ways, but you can see them really starting to formulate their adult selves and their mm-hmm. like independent thought. And we were talking about how Rihanna, you know, had a baby and she did the Super Bowl, and how Serena won Wimbledon with her baby inside her, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, that's so cool." And I was like, "Well, you know, moms can do amazing things when they have little girls inside them. You know, it's like double Truly. power. You know, they're superheroes." And she was like, "Yeah," and she, then she paused for a minute and she's like well you didn't have me inside you and I was like no that's true I was like but I have you now and I'm able to do amazing things and she's like well I did sleep on your chest and that's closer to your heart oh my god I was like did you melt oh, oh, oh. I was like oh, that's true that's true yeah. <laughs> you know and it's just so it's beautiful because they have an understanding you know my girls and you know we've dealt with Everything from, you know, my little one actually doesn't really have much of a recollection of her previous life, Mm -hmm. you know, because we got her at three. My middle one, who's 21, I got her at 11 and she got out just in time where she doesn't really remember a lot. But since then, she's had stage four cancer. She's fine now, but we've gone through that battle. You know, I mean, just the things that we have dealt with as a family, you know, and my 24 year old, you know, unfortunately had to deal with sobriety issues, you know, and she's a year and a half sober now. But, you know, one of the things that she saw the most trauma, you know, and that was reflected in her coping mechanisms. And one of the things she talked about was how, you know, it was difficult to believe that another woman genuinely loved her because she had so much of a challenge with her own mother loving her. And so I can believe that if that is the case where a kid isn't sure if their mom loves them and that's her bio mom, well, then you definitely can still believe that an adoptive mom loves you one way or another, you know? Uh, like, yeah, it's, it's not just the DNA. Show it. exactly. It's the relationship. Exactly. The other day, I posted an Instagram story reminding everyone that when you're discussing division of labor with your partner, to not forget about the mental load of making appointments for your dependents, mine being Liam and Charlie. Because seriously, it takes a lot of mental work and actual time to schedule all of the appointments you need to make regularly. Whether it be classes, playdates, or doctor's appointments, it adds up. For me, moving to the suburbs meant switching all of our doctors. For just Liam and Charlie alone, that specifically meant a new vet, a new pediatrician, a new dentist. You get the idea. I was so overwhelmed with where to begin, but then I remembered how much I love ZocDoc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. That is where ZocDoc comes in. Using their app, which millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. I was able to quickly enter in our zip code, our insurance information, and what specific type of doctor we were looking for, whether it be pediatrician or dentist. And shortly after, I had all of my appointments scheduled right through the app. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Cameron and download the ZocDoc app for free and then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Cameron. ZocDoc.com slash Cameron. While I'm not typically the biggest makeup person, there is one thing I'm guaranteed to have on my face every day. 
especially now that the weather is warming up and the sun is out, and that is sunscreen. Especially as a freckly person who is prone to burning, sunscreen is so important to me. Recently, I have been loving the Ilia Super Serum Skin Tint SPF 40. I've been a fan of Ilia's for a long time now, and I know so many of the FF fam members are as well based on DM responses I get whenever I post about them. One of the main reasons I love them so much is because they are skincare-powered makeup. They see skincare and makeup as one, and their potent formulas are designed with active levels of skincare ingredients that shield skin from environment stressors. This way, makeup is truly improving your skin over time. The Super Serum Skin Tint SPF 40 is the number one bestseller and truly makes your skin look alive. It is packed with skincare actives like niacinamide, hyaluronic acid, and squalene, and most importantly, has SPF 40. It comes in 30 shades, and the best part is you can submit a selfie on their website and a real human will shade match you. They have a 96% success rate. If you are interested in trying, visit iliabeauty.com and use code Cameron at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. That's I-L-I-A beauty.com. Use code Cameron for 15% off your first order. I honestly cannot recommend this brand and all of their products enough. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. So was your partner, like, how did Mm -hmm. you convince someone (laughs) else to do this? Right. So it's interesting because I am divorced as of like about two years now. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because it wasn't it wasn't about the kids per se. But when we first got the kids, I'm not kidding. It wasn't even a convincing thing because it was more of a let's just do the next right thing. So for me, it was always kind of talking to my partner and saying, hey, look, this is how this won't interfere, change, or alter our lives. I've kind of got this plan, you know, so if we need more money, I'll take a side job. If we, I'll make a side hustle or whatever, you know, so that's how actually I built a multi-million dollar business was Mm -hmm. because I was like, I've got three kids and in the span of the next six years, I need to put one into kindergarten, two proms, two graduations. I've got, you know, I mean like two college, going to college. Kids are so expensive. I mean, I lived three lives in six years. You know, it's mm-hmm. just that compressed time frame with no college fund, no savings, no anything. So, you know, I built a business on the side and my, my partner was always mostly concerned about, well, what are the logistics of all of this? And I can do logistics, but it was just the next right thing. You know, like when you have these little lives in front of you and they come home and they're like, I have a hole in my shoe, then okay, we got to get you new shoes. Yeah. Or I um, don't have enough food. Okay, well, we got to figure out the food, you know, and, and that was it. And before you know it, you've got a family and a life, you know, so. And then um, there's no going back. And there's no going back. I mean, there was always, you know, I talk about this in my book. Uh, I say to my husband often, well, my my husband, mm-hmm. right? My husband, <laughs> yes. you know, we were married for 12 years. So, you know, my husband, I, I would say to him, all that matters is that we don't leave. You know, so there would be various stages where we'd be able to say we've gone a certain distance here with the kids, you know, and we've gotten them to high school. If we want to step out now, there's a way to kind of transition things. But if we stay here, we are committed for this next chapter. Yeah. And I know this because I grew up poor, you know, and I know what it's like to people want to help the poor kid, but they want to do it to their comfort level, you know, or people want to donate, which nothing's wrong with that. If you're a donator, be a donator. You know, that's a beautiful thing. If you are a mentor or a teacher in the arts or your gifts, that's fine. But if you want to be a foster parent, if you want to, you know, adopt, you have to be all in because these kids get so used to people leaving them and letting them down and adults being transitory. And that is a form of trauma every time over. Mm-hmm. So I was very passionate about, you know, if we're going to do this and we're, we're saying we can never leave. And so that's a huge part of why I'm still their mom and I have my babies full time and I'm committed to all three of them for a lifetime because I'm never leaving. But yeah, that was it's it was really an ongoing powerful. conversation, but it's true. And I think any mom who's even hearing what I'm saying now knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's well, yeah, there's no going back. And Mm -hmm. literally, as we're saying this conversation, I just posted this yesterday for people who are listening a while back now. But my son, when I leave, I have a hard time. Obviously, he's young. He's a baby. 
baby. He's a baby, but yeah. I have had a hard time historically mm-hmm. going away. And mm-hmm. we've done a handful of trips since sure. he's been born. I wasn't like, I'm never going to leave him. Sure. Like, I realized that my life also continues as sure. well. So I've been teaching him when I go to just run an errand or something. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Because I always come back. Mm-hmm. And now he says it. I'll yep. show you the video after this. Oh, but last goodness. night I was like, where's mommy going tomorrow? And he's mm-hmm. like, LA. And mm-hmm. I said, and I'll come back, right? And he goes, because mommy always comes back. That's right. So he's grasping mm-hmm. it. And it's so real. I actually got a lot of messages from mm-hmm. people in my community that were like, I have such abandonment issues from my childhood. That's right. And if these words had been spoken to me, I really think it would That's have right. helped. It's a healthy attachment, you know? And and it's, it's amazing because that leaving that conversation around just something like going to the market or going on a quick trip, you know, it really does help, you know, them understand on a bigger level. My kids know now at 21 and 24, because it's weird being a mom to older kids like this, you yeah. know, because we're entering that weird phase where we go out and people think we're siblings. Well, and I was we can like say, do it. Oh, it's so weird. You could pass as oh, like, it's so trippy. still late 20s. Oh, it's so trippy. I received that. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, you know, when we go places, we are in that window where we could like hang together now, mm-hmm. you know, or like we wear each other's clothing. So it's like yep. this weird window, but it's so special because it's unique to our, it's like one of the adoption perks, you know, like, totally. like but I'm still mom though, you know, so I sometimes I have to say to them, they'll just like get really comfortable and they'll tell me something about like their boyfriend or whatever. And I'm like, mom hat, can't hear this. You know, can't hear well, this. My mom and I have a relationship, not mm-hmm. that we're cl- that close in age, mm-hmm. but she was always like the mom that I could say anything to Literally, you and all my that's friends me and my could kids, talk to. For and sure. We share clothes for and sure. all that. And every once in a while, it's just Sometimes like there's I'd a limit. I have to stop her. I'd yeah. be like, I'm your my daughter. My kids do that to me too. Please. I don't need to I don't hear that. Hear this. Yep. Like, we were, my sisters and I were talking about our sex life. Don't need to hear about yep, yours. Yep, don't Please, need to hear it. You. Same thing. That My kids say the same thing. And I'm like, well, you know, if you ever have a question, yeah. though, I'd rather be the one to tell you, you know, yeah. rather than you getting She's it like, wherever. why does that gross you out so much? I'm like, it's not necessarily you. It's mm-hmm. the fact that the it's person the you're concept. talking about is dead. Literally, like, literally. It's just the me. concept yeah. of it. Like, I cannot. But that's what I mean when I say, like, having older kids, you know, when you set them up at a young age to understand you're never leaving, your kids will leave eventually. Like, well, mm-hmm. it's not just you leaving. They'll go out and be in the world and they need to know that there is a a safe base camp, you know, and that idea, like I tell my kids, I'm like, I'm never leaving. So like, you can always come home. You can always like, I will always be there for you in some way, shape or form. And I've even told them, I was like, and when I leave this earth, I'm still never leaving you, you know? So when you wake up and your foot is out, you know, on the blanket, it's because I pulled the blanket back, you know, (laughs) like mom is here, you know, when you are in the kitchen and you're not sure how much spices to add and you feel like, okay, this is enough. That's me whispering it in your ear. Like I am never, ever going to leave you. I'm always going to be with you one way, shape or form, you know? So I think it's a beautiful thing that you do with your kids and you're right it really does help them throughout their life i hope so mm-hmm. you mentioned that you grew up poor i did and from learning about you over the past few yeah. weeks mm-hmm. i know a bit about your story and i'm curious do you feel that your upbringing made a huge or played a huge role in you making this decision to adopt these daughters oh my therapist would say so <laughs> she's like so you want to heal your inner child by adopting three let's go through it you know I pay her a lot of money, you know, yeah. but yeah, I would say so. You know, it's it shaped my value system. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's this running joke in my family about the summer of dogs where I, I will make promises and, you know, shifts in sort of belief systems. And I really adhere to them. So prior to the summer of dogs, I said, you know what? I am not going to see a problem and not stop and fix it. So if it is because that's the person oh I want to be in the world. So I need to start actively you know, acting that out. I can't just be a person who you says are my later mom, or by the sometime. Way. My mom is like, you have a problem? Please tell me everything. I need to fix it right I, we, now. I will help. You know I what I mean? I have to be like, mom, sometimes I don't need I you to need fix support. it. I, I just want you to I listen. I just want to vocalize. Absolutely. Like she'll be in my house and I'll say something to my husband. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, she's calling someone to that's fix something. Right. I'm like, God I didn't answers. even tell you. It wasn't even a thing. Yeah. yeah, that's literally me. I actually have to say in my family, you know, Do you just want support or do you want solutions? This is something that we're working on right now. Yeah, I have to say that. And the thing is, I know that about myself. And it's also exhausting to be that person, you know, because the intent is always good, but it's exhausting. Stuff is not yours to carry. So because of that, you know, I started becoming like this because I felt like I also was very dismissive or like I was in my early 20s feeling like I was kind of floating through the world where I was like letting the world happen to me or I was very fixated on survival like goals from growing up poor. Like I need a house and I need money and I need food and, you know, because these were things that I lacked. And so I came to a point where I was like, you know. How am I showing up in the world as a greater person? How am I interacting with the world? Because I know that if I'm good to the world, the world is good back to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not 
engaging with that element of creating a good world for myself. It just is not just about me. And so at around 25 or so, I started saying, look, if I see a piece of trash, it takes me two seconds to pick that up. If I see someone that is a homeless person who asks me for money, I don't just have to walk by them and ignore them. That's a whole human there. No matter what they're dealing with or facing or their condition or their mental health, I can stop and say, no, I don't have it. I'm sorry, but I wish you the best. Like this is I don't want to stop you, but this is actually an interesting conversation because Mm -hmm. I, too, feel the same way Mm -hmm. where whether I have cash on me or Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. that's a conversation. But the fact that these people get ignored so often Mm -hmm. and this man, he was young, a guy Mm -hmm. stopped me the other day and he was Mm -hmm. like, excuse me, miss. And I was like, yes. And Mm -hmm. he literally stopped in his tracks and was Mm -hmm. like. I'm not used to people responding Saying back. to me. Mm-hmm. And then we got on a 20 minute conversation. His mm-hmm. name was Cameron. I ended up putting him up in a hostel for a night. But oh, wow. like, it's, kind of it's, you. it's mm-hmm. just the, even the response, even not to put this on the same level, but yeah. you know, the people who are like volunteering all over New York sure. and they're like, excuse me, miss, do you have a sure. second to talk about? Yep. I'm always yep. like, I don't have time, but thank you for thank what you you're so doing. Because what you're doing is important. Literally. But I don't want to get looped into Literally. like a 30 minute conversation And even right if now. what you're doing isn't important, you know, the yeah. fact that, you are another person, you deserve the respect of humanity, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that is free and kindness is free and grace is free and and it's abundant and we don't run out of it. So why can't I show that to another person? Yeah. And so that was kind of the shift I made in my life. So, you know, even things like going to the grocery store, you know, if someone says, oh, how you doing? You know, people kind of, they have their head down at the register and they're just scanning. It's like, well, how are you? And then listening for the answer, no, how are you really doing? Just taking a moment, using their name, like just being a mm-hmm. real person because you just never know what people are going through. So just totally. treat everyone like it's their hardest day, you know? And so once I started doing that, you know, I ended up coming home with like eight strays in one summer because <laughs> so this is me. I don't do anything. I have no levels. It was an escalation, you know, but I saw stray dogs and I picked up the stray dog and I'd be like, well, we got to find the dog's home and whatever. At one point I had four dogs and my husband was like listen if we get one more we need a kennel license (laughs) oh my god so this cannot this cannot be a thing you know you've been capped i've been capped and so but that's you know straight dogs straight kids like it's Mm -hmm. what i do you know like i if i see a problem i'm trying to figure out how i can help move the world in the right direction so as much as people are like oh you're amazing you're kind you're whatever i don't do anything that anyone else can't do on some level even if it's like a micro giving so i'll see moms like going like through it with their kids in a target, you know, just like, mm-hmm. and I will literally say to them, look, I don't know if this feels weird to you, but you're doing great. It does not bother me. No one here is annoyed. We all understand you're doing an awesome job. Just keep after it. Sis. And that will change, you know, someone like whole day, whole moment, whole moment. mindset, you know, cause your, your head is thinking, oh my God, my kid is having a tantrum. Everyone thinks I'm a horrible mom. You start going with these yeah. intrusive cycling thoughts, you know, and just having one person be like, ignore everybody you're dope you're doing great you know what I mean like it's fine and I also parent other people's kids too because like my background is I'm African so my parents are from Ghana West Africa and it really does take a village so like if you do something wrong in the middle of you know market circle you know by the time you make it out of the circle you won't even make it home before somebody found out you know and like you've Mm -hmm. been chastised by 10 aunties along the way you know so but it's just like one of those things where I think that I love parenting and I've taken to it and it all started with me just caring about other people and the outcomes and mm-hmm. recognize that parenting is one of the most incredible ways to leave a legacy. It is. And mm-hmm. I mean, you said it best. That's the foundation of parenting is it caring is. for someone else and it putting is. someone else before yourself. Before yourself. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is sponsored by a beloved favorite in the FF fam, Athletic Greens. I gave AG1 a try because I heard about it in a podcast ad just like this, and I was super interested in making my health a priority. I didn't feel like I was personally getting in enough nutrients with my diet, so I was super interested in the supplement, but then I became hooked when I learned AG1 is way more than greens. I take AG1 in the morning, immediately after I meditate, and while I sit on my couch and write down my morning thoughts, and it makes me feel like I am prioritizing my health and doing something good for my body first thing in the morning. If you've ever had a sleepover with me, either at my house or on a girl's trip or a family getaway, you know my AG1 travel packs are coming with me and you better believe I'm trying to get you to try them as well. No matter where I go, if I'm spending the night somewhere, I always have travel packs in my toiletry case. Traveling is always fun, but it also means I'm getting in way less nutritious food for the most part and my digestive system is usually thrown for a loop. Plus, say goodbye to my morning 
me routine 99% of the time. That is why I love having my AG1 travel packs with me. It not only helps me with getting in my nutrients and keeping my digestive system going, if you know what I mean, but it also helps me stay grounded by bringing a small part of my routine with me when I'm outside my home. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com FFF. That's athleticgreens.com FFF to check it out. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You all know by now that I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I have consistently been going to weekly therapy for almost five years, and it has helped me more than words can describe. I've worked through a lot in therapy, and I still am. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and healing. I swear there is always something new coming up in our sessions. Right now, I am personally struggling a bit with this feeling of like disconnected to myself during this pregnancy. Sometimes it feels as if I'm like living outside my body and just watching myself go through the motions of the day. It's a very confusing feeling and emotion to verbalize, but my therapist is thankfully helping me work through it. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know or understand why we feel the way we do. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. In order to make therapy an actual habit and something that you look forward to, it needs to be a time that works for you. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Plus, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if you're not happy with who you were placed with. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Cameron today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Cameron. I could legitimately talk for hours about my newfound love and obsession for Green Chef. Truly, it has been a game changer for us. This pregnancy, I've been struggling with the amount of brain space that food takes up. I feel like I'm constantly worrying about what I'm going to eat next, whether we have groceries on hand, whether I'm going to like the meal in front of me, and then, of course, what is Liam going to have for all of his meals? That is one of the many reasons why I love Green Chef. It has encouraged me to try new recipes and switch up the dinner routine we were in that I was honestly just getting so sick of. Green Chef is a meal kit company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. You can now choose from 30 plus recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. Whether you're vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or following any other specific eating method, Green Chef has options for you. We've been getting the gluten-free boxes and the meals have been so incredible. Last week, Joe made us the ancho chicken soup and it was so flavorful and so delicious. It had this like tomatoey mushroom broth base with these chicken and cabbage and pepitas and tomatoes and cheese. It was so freaking good and Liam scarfed it down. We loved it so much that I took a photo of the recipe and ingredient card because I want to add it as a staple for our dinner routine moving forward. I also love that it cuts down on my grocery trips. With Green Chef, you're reducing your food waste by up to 23% versus grocery shopping, which is a huge win. Go to greenchef.com slash Cameron 60 and use code Cameron 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Once again, go to greenchef.com slash Cameron 60 and use code Cameron 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. We love you, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. You had this wild life yeah, of crazy. growing up mm-hmm. poor mm-hmm. to being very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to an episode where you were a guest. I forget whose show it was. Maybe it was a Skinny Confidential. But mm-hmm. you were saying how you've experienced both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And it's showed you in a profound way that not many people experience Mm -hmm. what really matters in the world. Can you enlighten us on that? Absolutely. So, you know, to be clear, I've been like completely, completely poor, like sleeping on a couch in a one bedroom apartment as a kid for years with like roaches crawling around me and mice in the walls all the way to 
private jets, planes, fancy things, 1%. So I want to be clear, being rich is better. You know what I mean? It doesn't make you better, you know, but it is a far better existence. You know, it's mm-hmm. like nice to have money and to have, because money gives you options. So a lot of people are uncomfortable with hearing people talk about money that way because it feels showy or weird or boisterous. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that at all. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And so in my belief system, money is, you know, an earthly tool that allows me to do heavenly good. And people who are not good people have no no concern whatsoever about getting all the money in the world and using it for their bidding. So it's important to me as well to collect my fair share so I can use it to move the world in the right direction because there are terrible, terrible people with tons of money doing terrible things. So, you know, I believe that money is good with me and I also believe money is good with good people. So we should have it as well. Now, that being said, having been on both sides of the spectrum, you know, and seen what it's like, I also have learned very firmly that it is about your health it is about your family and it is about making sure that you are making an impact in the world that is not just legacy leaving, but truly about propelling all of us forward. You know, it is it is not about a selfish existence. And so while uh, I appreciate the tool that money is in helping me do those things, mm-hmm. that's all it is. You know, so I, I like to have tools. I like to have flexibility, which is why I like having money. And I believe I deserve it because I do good things. But you better believe 100 percent that it's not what matters, you know, because I've I've had nothing and I've had so much happiness. I've had all the things. I mean, when I got divorced, I had a life that was enviable. You know, it was truly there wasn't I remember at one point, you know, sitting in my bedroom and saying to myself, I don't even know where to go next because there's nothing I want. I mean, not too many people can say there's nothing they want, you know, and there was nothing I could not get. Now, granted, I couldn't buy like the Taj Mahal and I couldn't buy a private jet, but but I had access. There's I mean, and I still do. You know what I mean? Just access to whatever I want. I've experienced so much, you know, and realizing I wasn't happy, you know, realizing that I still had a great life. And, you know, I was impactful. and I had these amazing kids, but I was like I wasn't happy. It was because I didn't have love. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have the love and the partnership and the companionship. And now that I do have that in my life, you know, I've been with my boyfriend now for a while, you know, and it has helped me understand purpose even more. Like, I understand, like, it's almost like, have you seen people with those colorblind glasses where they're like, oh, I saw the world in kind of grayish or like yeah. the hues weren't as bright, but then they put on these colorblind correction glasses and all of a sudden they're like, red is so vibrant yeah, and green is so vibrant. That's how I felt, you know, despite having money, you know, despite being poor, I felt like the world wasn't as vibrant before I had love. When I had love, I really understood like why love songs are true, you know, <laughs> and why movies, people do crazy things behind that person they love. And I had that for my children, but it's not the same type of reciprocal love and it shouldn't be. You know, your kids don't love you the way you love them yeah. and it never will be like that. But when you're when you're in a partnership where you feel that, it's transformative because it also really has put me in a position to design a life and create content and build books that help people leave in the hope and possibility of capturing some form of this for themselves and or creating and being this in someone else's life, you know, and you can do that through the work you do. You can show love in like the recipe and foods and cooking in experiences in partnership and cheering people on, you know, and that that's what it's all about. So money helps me do those things. And I mean, money is obviously a tool that's amazing. It's like, amazing. We can't negate that. I but love as, it, but it's just money. But it's money paper. isn't what makes you happy. Not at all. But it, it can be used as a tool mm-hmm. to help you with things. To facilitate getting you to but places. The relationships, yeah. the love, the people you surround yourself mm-hmm. with. Is everything. Is everything. Absolutely everything. I mean, when I tell you, after you go through a divorce, you really start looking at your circles in all ways. So I'm looking at not just, you know, friendships, you know, but I'm also looking at, you know, I'm going into a new chapter of my life. What do I really want it to look like? Because a divorce really is like a cleansing. Everything you knew and everything you thought it would be is no longer that anymore. Anymore. I thought I would be married forever. That is my personality. You know, like I was, everything is fixable. And so when it was clear with my partner that that was not going to be the case, it was like I didn't even design this outcome. It's like it was like a plot twist, you know? And I was like, so what does that look like? If I have a clean slate, and I'm going to build straight from a foundation, what do I want to build? And in the immediacy after divorce, and anyone listening who's gone through it understands, it's devastating because I didn't even, where do I even start? Where are the tools? What do I, I don't even know. You're almost fractured and crippled in that moment. But then if you're able to find 
the insight, which is why like work like what you do, you know, being so open about the transitions and, you know, of the difficulties of life, but also showing that, look, there are brighter sides or brighter days. It gets better, you know, being able to reach out to and see people who have survived those existence. Why I'm so transparent with my story. It lets you realize, oh, no, this is an opportunity. Everything mm-hmm. is working for us, you know, and I'm able to actually build where I want to be now. And so the people I let into my life, it's just nothing's by accident because they're going to get the best of me. And I'm excited because they're all giving me the best of them. So it's really special. Like, I can't wait to have more babies because they get to have this person as a mom, too. Like, not that my kids got, you know. Right, but you're now going to be, a, it's a different version. It's a different We're version evolving. of me, you know. Like, my kids, my kids have seen me from when I had nothing. $24 in the bank account, no business. That's when I adopted my girls. And so they've seen me all the way till now where, you know, they've been on jets. They've been private experience they've done all these things and they've seen the full gamut now they've seen me now back as sort of she has money but she doesn't really spend it <laughs> you know what I mean like I kind of like I go to Walmart I go to, I, I've always been a Walmart target girl like I'm very regular in that context you know mm-hmm. but it's like they're seeing me sort of go to this other place where it really is about like hey so this Christmas we're not doing any gifts but what we're going to do is we're going to do tons of activities and we're taking a vacation together you know like that's what it is yeah and it's and it's just nice I feel like my life has more meaning and that's what it's all about I loved that you said money is good to me. Oh, yes. Is money you... is good to me and it's good with me. Yeah, good with me. It looks me. good on me. Like Because oh. I believe <laughs> it is a mindset. Oh, for sure. And relationship with finances is a mm-hmm. very complicated thing. It is. You can come from every aspect any. of wealth mm-hmm. or poverty. That's right. And still end up with some different type of relationship with money. All it takes is one money. experience. I mean, if you have a, like I have girlfriends, you know, that are, grew up really stable, great families, all that stuff, but they come into money through their own hard work, you know, in this new digital world, you mm-hmm. know, and then all of a sudden they get a boyfriend who does not have the same work ethic and now they've got money complexes because they're like, there's this disparity between your expectation of like what you want from me and how you, you know, entitlement and all these weird wonky things. And it's like, I mean, you can pick up people's money junk without even realizing it's crazy yeah I have it I mean I grew up wealthy mm-hmm. and it's definitely I have an interesting complex with money as well mm-hmm. because I grew up with this lifestyle that I thought mm-hmm. was normal. normal I never ever sure. thought that we were better than anyone or yep. had it differently yep. than anyone yep. and I vividly remember even having a conversation with one of my best friends from high school where I was like we were talking about something and I was like yeah well they're like us mm-hmm. like same situation yep. she was like what do you mean we're what not the same mm-hmm. like and for me it was this realization when I graduated and then was like living on my own. I was like, I'm never mm-hmm. going to have the same lifestyle that that's I grew right. up with. That's and right. that's confusing as It's fuck. so confusing. And, and then you realize all the work you'd have to do to try to get that. Well, then I was up. like, how did how did they even make this that's happen? Right. How, that's how right. was this? But you're like, asking the right questions. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it's very interesting. And then going from I was in finance and I was making mm-hmm. really good money to then leaving to start this mm-hmm. to making no money to mm-hmm. now making equivalent. Like mm-hmm. it's all very interesting. And I always say like my husband has the best mindset around finances of anyone mm-hmm. I know. And mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, but it's a really confusing mental game that I think oh, yeah. everyone is playing no all matter the how they were raised. Yep. All the time. And it's wild because and I think that one, it's amazing that you can say, I grew up wealthy. I can't tell you there's so much shame that people have around growing up with money. Like, it's not supposed to be talked about. Well, it's kind you know? of like how people feel I it's not the same, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing of white people saying, like, they have white privilege. Like, yeah. I, it's not confusing to admit because, yeah. like, I'm it's white and I grew up with yeah. money. It's it just, just the case. Is. You know what I mean? It just is. Like, and it's not, and being able to talk about it confidently means that now we can start talking about the real things around it instead of it being yeah. weird. You know, like, you can grow up wealthy and not be a jerk. You can grow up wealthy and still be humble. You can grow Mm -hmm. up wealthy and not think that you're better than anybody. And I think that sometimes it's I'm in a weird place where because I've had both worlds, I have literally had people look at me that have only come into my social media world recently and say, oh, she's just like rich, pretty and and an influencer. And I'm like, little do you know. Right. You know what I mean? Like I was worse off. that I've never even had the life you had. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's so interesting because. I've had I have three girls, you know, and all three of my daughters have a different relationship with money. My 14 year old remembers trading food stamps, you know, for dollars, you know, Mm -hmm. and really struggling. She has a 
weird relationship with money that she's constantly trying to work through where it feels elusive. It feels difficult to keep. It feels difficult to get. feels like everything's expensive, you know, and I have to support her in a very specific way as a parent where I support her, but I also am making sure she's learning how to develop a strong relationship around work ethic and getting her own money. My 21 year old is the opposite. She understands not having a lot of money, and so she works way too hard, burns out, and doesn't spend her money on recovery. She wants to spend her money on nothing. I mean, this is literally the girl who, you know, she'll go to the grocery store, call me about a recipe that I made. Like, oh, mom, how do I make your mm-hmm. broccoli or whatever? Then go to the section where the broccoli is. I'm like, oh, $3 a head. I'm not getting this. And I'm like, it, it's, it, this is what, there's a phrasing I regularly say to my children. This is what the money is for. Yes. You and know? I love that. I, I have to say, say that, that to them another show. often, you know, and like my little one has, what my own, husband has to say to me, it's a real thing, you know? And that's what I'm saying. Even though growing up wealthy, like you can still have the same money junk as kids who grew up in like section eight housing with addictive parents, you know, that because it's just money junk. And as soon as we can start separating our mindsets and our feels around money mm-hmm. from who we are and our background and our existence and just start making decisions based on where we want to be, versus what we think we should have or what we thought we've been taught, that's where we actually make progress, you know? And I like what you said there because where we want to be versus Mm -hmm. what we've had are not always going to be the the same same. thing. And that's something that I've come to terms with as I've gotten Mm -hmm. older. And you meant like me saying I grew up wealthy. I have had a lot of guilt in a weird sense. over Well, our society is weird about it. But it was really Mm -hmm. like when I started this job that Mm -hmm. suddenly like- It becomes a thing. It became a thing. and, And there is guilt in the sense of, it's not fair. It isn't fair. It's not it's disproportionately like, that's, unfair. That's when People you, when your eyes are open, they it's suffer. Yeah, it's unfair because, but the question then becomes, how do you show do you up sh- in the world yes. with that, with that privilege? You know, mm-hmm. so I recognize, I mean, there's so many types of privilege. There's pretty privilege. There is, you know, money privilege. There's white privilege. There is, if you're black, there's colorism privilege, yeah. you know, between being darker skin or lighter skin. There's passport privilege, just being an American and having the flexibility to use your passport everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't realize that you can have fan privilege, fan privilege yeah. everything. You know, there's so many different ways that we all have different benefits. And the question is, how are you leveraging and using those benefits to help the people that don't, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not that, you know, people there, I don't, I believe in meritocracy as well. I do believe that, you know, we have to work for what we get and that it's important that you're recognized for that. But I'm also not so naive and privileged as to think that some people aren't starting the race a little further behind. It's kind of the example I always love to use is, it's like saying that because someone is differently abled and in a wheelchair that they don't deserve ramps. <laughs> like right. we all deserve to walk into the building. And just because someone needs ramps to get in there, you know, doesn't mean that they are not getting a fair shot. You know, like we just have to make it equally accessible. Mm-hmm. So we all get in the building. Then whatever happens when we get in there is what happens when we get in there. But let everyone get a shot to get in the building. You know, absolutely. Money is so freaking interesting. It's weird. People have all the feels. Uh, all, <laughs> all the feels. The all the feels. Feels. One more thing I want to chat about mm-hmm. is you quit your job. I did. Live. I did In also. front of like, what, 10,000? Yeah. Something crazy. Which back in the day, that was a good well, number no, of people a decade I know, ago. You know? Like, <laughs> I'm like, now they're like, and? and no. <laughs> but back then, <laughs> back I was even thinking chill. like, where the fuck were you doing this? And you had 10,000 people watching. Periscope. It was one of the first live Periscope? platforms. Periscope doesn't even exist anymore. It's crazy. So- you remember, I don't know if you remember, there used to be like three live platforms, like Twitch and like Periscope. There were like all these little tiny. I only know of Twitch because of like gaming. Because of that gaming, I hear. right. Like, but it wasn't something that was really common. And and Twitter was one of the first platforms to actually experiment with live streaming. So I was live streaming like three times a day. So I was actually Holy one of the shit. top people that people were watching because no one could even understand this new platform. Well, it's also like, you know, the beginning of reality TV. Beginning of reality TV. It was just like a thing. So I built this massive following on Periscope that I eventually was able to trans. For, you know, transition over my other platforms. But it also started with me saying, hey, I got these kids. I need to make more money and I need more time. Like these are just matter of fact things. And everyone was like, raise hand. I relate. You know, like I need more time. I need more money. I got kids. So I said, look, watch me work. I'm going to start my side hustle while I am working my corporate job and I am going to build up until I can quit. You know, this is the plan. And I'll share with you the highs and lows. And was your side hustle content creation? No, it wasn't. No. So I just did what I did in corporate, which is honestly, if anyone ever asks, like, what do you do as a side hustle? People freak out like, well, I want to be a food blogger. I want to be a this. If you're just looking to make some money, just do what you're doing now for yourself. 
you know, so if you're a graphic designer, just pick up some extra graphic design clients. Like you'll hate it a lot less than in corporate because you have more creative, you know, flexibility, mm -hmm. but it'll be an easier leap to just adding some money to your, your bank account. So that's what I did. I just took consulting clients. Like I did business development for Fortune 500 companies. I'm very good at it as a corporate consultant. So I just took on regular clients. And even to this day, I have New York Times bestsellers, people on reality TV, and I consult them on building out products and suites. So like if Kylie Jenner wants a lip kit, she's not actually inventing her lip kit, you know, right. she'll contact someone like me who will help her design that whole process and get her vendors together, et cetera, et cetera. So I just started taking a couple of one-to-one -one clients before I built out my full suite of products and people were watching. And then one day I was like, you know what? I think I have to quit. Like, and it was simply a, I made $11,000 that week and the money was coming in great, but my calendar was so booked. Right, you don't have time at the end I of the day. I just didn't have time. When you like, hit the point, you that can't That was do what both. it was. I literally, I will never forget. I think it was like a Wednesday and that Thursday, I was like, I have a full book of my own clients and I have like two or three really important calls. I can't even do a two weeks notice. I have to leave. And like, I've run it up to the window and I had built up a nice little nest egg of side hustle money. I hadn't quite made, I made about 50% of my traditional mm -hmm. salary. And I was like, that's enough to at least give myself six months to see if this is a thing if not I can always go back to corporate yeah. you know and so I had the similar mentality when exactly. I exactly I can always go back you know what I mean mm -hmm. so I went ahead and I went online and I wasn't planning on quitting publicly but I told people I said hey guys today's quit day I decided last night I just have to do this and everyone's like whoa 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 you're keeping us in this moment and I was like well okay so um I did you know I quit and you know my boss it was virtual, fortunately. So right. everyone saw the whole thing and I quit and that was that. And then I remember the, ne the next moment I was like, this doesn't feel anything like what I thought it would. Like no confetti, no champagne <laughs> poppers. Like what's going on? So now I we just, get to work. Now I just got to work. I literally ordered a plate of fries and went to bed. Like I went to a hotel because I was like, I can't even do this around my kids. Like I can't have the anxiety. And that was it. So I just ate fries and went to bed. I like woke up with like Twizzlers stuck to my face. And I was like, now I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> it was like a mess. <laughs> But here I am. Yeah. Your life is truly a movie. Oh, it's I bananas. can't wait to read the book that oh, you're working on. Because you're working on it's a book crazy. now, I right? am working on a book and I'm actually going to announce in a couple weeks like all the things. But so it'll all be in the show notes by the time the oh, exclusive yeah. okay. since I'm here. The book is called Nothing is Missing. It's a transformational memoir, uh, The Mess, the Joy, and Everything in Between by Nicole Walters. And it is available for pre-sale now. So they've already fed up the feed and all that. So you can find it on Amazon if you want to grab a copy of it. And it just details everything. It talks about my family. It talks about the behind the scenes. It talks about dealing with cancer, some of those difficult moments, and just how it is possible to get past all of these things with grace and with hope, but it is going to be hard. And um, a lot of people think that when you have clarity around your purpose, that's the thing we have to chase. Everyone's like, find your purpose, find your purpose, that all of a sudden it's going to be easy. And no, clarity doesn't bring ease. It just brings direction. Purpose isn't a destination. Everything we're doing is still purposeful in the moment. And we may not know it until we arrive. So if you're just being a mom, just being a mom, your purpose is in shaping this little legacy. You know, if you are just a small business owner, your purpose is doing all the things that someday someone may look back on and say, wow, I've learned from this. I can build my next big thing. So everything we're doing is purposeful. And, and this book just kind of goes through all of that. Well, I cannot wait to read it. Oh, this was so you. wonderful. Really thank you so much it. for joining. For everyone who wants more of you, because I know that everyone will, <laughs> where can they support you on social? Oh, uh, well, you can find me everywhere at Nicole Walters. And uh, you can purchase my book. It's published by Simon & Schuster. It'll be out this fall, but you can grab a copy now on Amazon. Nothing is missing. The mess, the joy, and everything in between. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at, at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.